Hey everybody, it's Rob. Laura and I are on vacation. I wanted to share a really great episode with you guys where I interviewed Jessica Rowan back in 2021 about how she is training her recruiters to think like marketers to help with the attract or the inbound phase of attracting talent. Uh, Jess is the marketing director and the recruitment marketing director director for Garda World and Talent World, uh, which Garda World is the parent company of Talent World. Uh, and if you haven't seen them, just look for their security trucks driving around. That is a very large international business. Uh, so Jess is going to share lots of tips and tricks that she used to train her recruiters to help them use their personal brand and social media to attract talent. Take a listen and let us know what you think. And thank you guys for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions. Digitally transform your business the right way the leap way visit www.leapconsultingsolutions.com to find out more on how your business can build change and adopt technology the right way the leap way what's up jess how you doing i'm great Rob. how are you i cannot complain i have been fasting for about 25 hours right now and i'm eating french fries while we're doing this so i'm very happy how are you doing yeah, you know, it's Good. all right here. Sun is shining and uh, it's another day in Toronto. So. so Jess is based in Toronto. She is the, oh, I'm going to get this right, the National Director of Marketing for the Talent National World. Marketing Manager. Yeah. Uh, I said director. Anyway, I'm super pumped to talk to Jess, guys. She, I met her through one of the other incredible people over at Talent World, Jennifer Martin. So shout out to Jen. And the first time I talked to Jess, Jess was like, I want recruiters to think like marketers. And in my head, I'm always like, well, I want salespeople to think like marketers too. So there was immediate alignment. So excited to have her on. So Jess, why don't you give a two-minute elevator uh, pitch to the good people, and then we'll get into a little more conversation about how we turn recruiters into marketers. Yeah. So like you said, my name is Jess. I am in the National Marketing Manager at Talent World. I spent the last 15 years experimenting in digital marketing and mostly in but um Seven years ago, I turned my attention to staffing a recruitment kind of serendipitously, actually, to the leave contract, and I've never left. It's because I recognized a real opportunity to adapt the traditional recruitment strategies for the digital age. So I got my start at one of the largest staffing agencies in the world. I moved to a boutique recruitment agency from there, and now Talent World, as I like to call the next big thing. So really what we're doing here at Talent World is we're really trying to build something different, a new kind of stuff in a recruitment agency. We like to say one that brings down a true sense of depth in an industry that's about speed and automation. And what we mean by that is just we leverage technology where it makes sense, not to replace humans, but rather to enhance the experience for recruiters, candidates, and clients alike. And all three are very important. So yeah, that's my little elevator pitch for you. I call that the people experience. And that's one of the hashtags that I tried to get, you know, going with this podcast. Like we could still keep trying, right? One giant experiment after another, to your point. Absolutely. So guys, in the pre-call, we um, talked a lot about how to make recruiters think like marketers. And the first thing that Jess said was, well, first, you need to make the candidate, like the recruiter experience of doing their job a lot better. So Talent World is going through a bunch of digital transformation projects currently. Do you want to kind of like lay down what you saw the opportunities for to improve the recruiter experience before we get them into thinking like digital marketers? 
Yeah, ultimately, so you mentioned it. Shout out to Jen. I, a talent and I work on an interdisciplinary team made up of tech uh, experts within tech, recruitment, and marketing. So there's three of us that are trying to solve for industry-wide challenges. And obviously, you know, one of those big ones that we're always talking about in this industry is candidate experience. And we recognize that in order to solve for candidate experience, we first need to really look at recruiter executions. To your point, there's so much of an admin burden that sits on their desks right now. And if we were to layer on all those amazing, you know, key touch points that we know are important to candidates and or experiences that we know are valuable, it's going to be very difficult for them to accomplish these things if we don't remove that admission. So one of the first things we started to look at was, and I know you'll love this, automation. Looking at automation to see what are those journeys that can be automated with that personal experience in it. So candidates are still getting that human element to it. But really to remove the admin version, what are those journeys that we know that can be automated very seamlessly so that they can spend more time building meaningful relationships? Because ultimately, recruiters are agreed to that. And we need them at the front lines to be building those meaningful relationships. But they need to It's just the reality. So I'm going to tie this into something I just posted on LinkedIn. I'm a huge fan of Snacks Daily podcast, which is the Robin Hood podcast. I don't know if you're a Peloton person. I am not, but we have been looking at one because the highly recommend that the instructors are incredible. And the instructors will equate to recruiters here. And so all of those instructors have incredible social media brands, right? And the one thing that Peloton recently did, and the guys on the Robin Hood Snacks podcast highlighted this was because, listen, when Peloton filed for an IPO, they said our biggest risk is not being able to attract and retain incredible instructors. And so Peloton is collaborating with Adidas, but really making it a focus on, I think the instructors are the ones who benefit from this collab, not Peloton directly. Because look, if you qualify to be an instructor at Peloton, you get to go see a magazine and do an editorial and photo shoot. You get to work with Adidas. You get to work with these incredible brands to drive your image and your experience. I think that's a very similar thing to what we're talking about. Obviously, using automation to get rid of it, but then focusing on having them build their brand because that's what's going to help them be an inbound marketer or inbound sales first instead of an outbound. Does that make sense, that connection? Yeah, absolutely. To your point, like I think it's about giving them the skill set, the hard and the soft skills that they need to think like a marketer, but ultimately those are in place so that they can spend more time building relationships like this that. You know, we want them to build a brand because people want to work with people. Oh, again, they need time to be able to do that. So when we talk about child or when we talk about recruiter experience, it's not just how can we help their day to day? How can we remove that admin burden? But it's how do we help their growth and their skills development? Because one of the things you mentioned it from a Peloton perspective is tenure. Right, for our recruiters tenure at an agency, it's not very high. But if we can give them a place that is invested in removing that admin burden, making it so that they can do ultimately what they love to do, because you would be a recruiter if you just love building relationships with people. And we're also then growing their skills beyond what a typical recruiter would have. So to your point, they're getting more out of a career at Talent Herald 
and they can grow with us because ultimately that's what we yeah. want. And we want that long tenure because, you know, a great recruiter who's been there for a while sings the same song. And we as marketers want storytelling to happen because if you're selling that story to candidates and clients alike, they want to work with you. I love it. Thank you for saying great recruiters unprompted in that. That's, I'm stressed. <laughs> I'm super, super excited and super impressed. So I keep telling my customer success person that he's just a walking content board because he is literally the person who talks to our customers the most and hears yep. success or issues. So like he knows all of the content, right? It can be used to sell great recruiters. Recruiters know all of the stories, right? That can get them to go to market. You know, being a recruiter who understands IT conversations already puts you in a differentiated standpoint. But then being able to go to them and say, hey, I was dealing with this or talking to this React developer and this came out, I don't know what this is. Are you guys seeing this? Are you seeing that thing, right? And so like, you don't need to go out and you have to go think about content to make relevant, right? For talent world. I was thinking about content sometimes to sell great recruiters, but or able or whatever I was selling, your fish. But like the recruiters already know what to talk about if they're just having conversations. So again, all the way circling back to your point, if you can get rid of all the manual day-to-day stuff, like the administrative burden, they can learn more stories to talk about. And so when we at Talent World, we think of, think like a marketer, we're putting into place as a formal program to help train our recruiters. And there's kind of three pillars to that. The one being storytelling, right? And storytelling from a different angle, not just to your point, they have all this great information about the job. They may have an expertise within tech or whatever their expertise looks like. But what I, as a marketer, have noticed is the gap missing of persona-based, right? Who is the person that I'm trying to reach out to? What about them or what about, like, what's going to motivate them to choose my job over the hundreds of others? So that's like our pillar number one, if you will, for things like a recruiter. is that storytelling. Well, the other, the other thing is just to have them interact with you versus somebody else, right? Exactly. Like, why me as the recruiter, the tech recruiter maybe, over the other hundreds of tech recruiters there is, right? There needs to be some sort of connection. And unprompted, great part of that is great recruiters to look at reviews and just right? Everything we do nowadays is review. If we go to a restaurant, if we choose something on Amazon, we're always looking at the reviews. The same could be said for agencies and recruiters alike, right? And that ties into really my next pillar of think like a marketer is recruiter brand. You need to be out there building a brand for yourself. Talk to your marketing team, leverage the content that they have. And I don't mean just going out there and sharing jobs on your LinkedIn. I mean, sharing valuable content that exists, your persona, who are you targeting and what is the information that they need to be successful in their career journey? So we got, we got storytelling. And this is all the stuff that salespeople should be doing too, right? Uh, I agree. Build, build your personal brand or your recruiter brand. So I went through a pretty, I went through a well-invested sales training when I got my first recruiting job. I did not go through a sales training. And then I went through a sales training when I, when I was at Bullhorn and like, just, I sort of like put myself back in the shoes of being a recruiter. I'm like, oh, I knew that. If I knew personas. Yeah. I'm like, okay, calling into the, the head of the ER or I'm calling into the CEO of the hospital. What affects the CEO of the hospital? Well, he's trying not to get sued most of the time in, in the hospital's case. They're trying to improve their satisfaction scores so that crazy American healthcare system doesn't penalize them, which is the thing, by the way. And they are trying to 
make as much money as possible. Okay, so that's a persona. I was listening to a, um, a webinar from the sales training that I always talk to, John Barrow. So shout out to Jay Barrow Sales Training. It's a big shout out day. You don't, you use it as a framework, right? You don't have to live and die by it, but it's a framework and then you can use it to pivot. So, okay, go to number three. So that was my two cents on personas. Before I jump off, it, does, oh. it also helps you target, right? I believe that if you build a persona up front, you're going to spend less time on attraction. Because if you know who you're going after and you're writing conversion copy for that person, you're going to get those applications, more likely to get that application, right? So just, again, you're not setting stone and you probably have more than one. But if you are trying to write for, and what I say to my recruiters is um, job postings. For a very, very long time, job posting were box speech. As a marketer, when I started, I looked at a job posting just I'm working, right? It's all the things that you need to consider. SEO, is my job ad actually being found? Because if it's not, then that's a problem. Conversion copy, like that persona-based approach, again, like once I've got them on there, I need to convince them to get out of type. And if the application process isn't super seamless, it should be super seamless to make you into that. And then transparency throughout the process, I think is that important experience piece. But my point of all of that is there's just so much more and you just need to consider not take for granted every level of that funnel and how things fit into that. Like I said, my recruiters, they are spent all last year focused on job postings. I literally went to Indeed, my contact there, and I was like, mark my words, I'm going to have the best job postings. And it has done our show. And thankfully, when we did our review at the end of 2020, we ended up with double the industry average for reply rate. So we're sitting at 15% reply rate where the industry is sitting at seven. I have a company in the U.S. who, my buddy, I've known this guy for a couple of years now. He's like, I'm trying to figure out how to get 22 and 23-year-old college graduates to be able to write consistent job descriptions because they let the, the recruiters post the jobs. Yeah, of course. Uh, and that's the same as, so. As a post. So I'm going to send this episode to him when we post it. <laughs> Let him know. He can come and talk to me. It takes some time. But what I said was, I promise you that if you invest your time here, you will have more time to build relationships. And of course, it was a trust factor. It was very much like testing, you know, crawl, walk, run, and to see the results, which is absolutely fair. But at the end of 2020, when I could say all of your hard work has very much paid off, this celebration was amazing because they were like, wow, okay, you're right. And I'm going to spend time on these job postings. Well, the easiest way to convince a salesperson to do something is to make the money. So we're not, we're not a complicated beast. Anyway, yeah. I like it's it. It's true. It's true. And so my last kind of pillar for the things like a marketer, I think, is what every single person, not just marketers, recruiters, salespeople, anybody, is deep. You need to be looking at your data and leveraging that data to make decisions. Now, I'm not expecting my recruiters to dig into it, to be using algorithms, to, but I do want them to look at particular KPIs that are specific to attraction so that they can redirect in real time. So, cost what are some of those? Yeah. Okay. So, cost for applicant, click through rates, reply rates. So when I say persona-based approach, I don't mean just job posting. I literally mean every single communication to which point you have with a candidate. So if you're reaching out on in-mail, 
you're reaching out on Indeed resume, whatever it is, you need to take that persona-based approach and you need to measure it by retire rates, for example. So it's those key KPIs. So we've given our recruiters dashboards on those key KPIs on the decisions we want them to make. So if you're looking at it and you see this job posting isn't converting, which is what's right, that's the red flag that we need to look at them. And we need to do something different. Maybe our persona is off. Maybe it needs to be refreshed. But those are the kinds of decisions I would want my teams to be making. And it, yeah, of course, it's taking time for us to get them to understand and the students are you in it. But at the end of the day, when they can turn things around in a couple of days instead of at the end of the month looking at an Indeed report, it's so much about the university and their attraction. Do you want to say my MBA line that I gave you earlier? <laughs> Come on. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about it. Numbers don't lie. And what was your MBA line? MBA line. The MBA line is you can only manage what you measure. Exactly. You're right. Correct. And I say it all the time. Numbers don't lie. And it tells us the story. And everything you look at, you can say, am I doing well here? Am I not? Do I need to redirect? And that's ultimately what I want the recruiters to be doing. And I think, again, like the value to them is people are invested in them and their growth and their development because these are skills they probably never would have looked at unless maybe they were very curious people and they did this, you know, doing their own little well, do your Do your house spot training, right? Exactly. Exactly. But as a recruiter, are you even thinking or knowing a pub spot? Probably not. I didn't know that until I became really close to the, mar the marketing person in charge of a pretty progressive boutique staffing firm I was working with. They were doing direct mail. They had Marketo plugged in. Yeah. Like they had like a bunch of different things to just get sucked out. And I was like, oh, what's this? And she was like, oh, go learn this. And I'm like, okay. And so that's how I kind of learned how to be nothing like a marketer. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I was telling you before this that... In preparation for this call, I did some digging into some things that I've written in the past. And when I joined this industry in 2014, I wrote a piece called The Art of Candidate Attraction. And I admittedly, it's a little bit embarrassing because it was seven years ago. But at the end of the day, the essence of it is the exact same thing that I'm speaking about right now. So this isn't a new concept and this isn't rocket science or anything. It's just... Now I'm at somewhere like Talent World, who's invested in this and who's said, yes, let's roll with this and let's really implement it. And I'm not saying that other folks that I worked at didn't because they absolutely did. But now I've kind of got the ability to really run with it, being the person who's leading the strategy. Well, technically, so this is an interesting conversation, right? Like you see SaaS companies who like the CRO is also the head of marketing or like the CMO is also the head of sales. It's because you're because like you're doing the same thing, right? You're enabling salespeople, but you're marketing, you know, you're telling the story. And you could see, you know, there's a lot of times people talk about disconnect between marketing and sales, which, or you could see a general malaise about recruiter or about marketing and recruiting and staffing. You know, there's a company that says like, I'm not your, I'm not your recruiting girl or you're not your marketing girl. And it's like, they're, they're in the UK, but they're using it sarcastically to educate leaders in the industry that it's not just like you don't have a marketing girl you have like the sales enablement superstar whether yep. you're male or female it's relevant but like you know that's giving a, a bias here like a stereotypical comment but it's, it's so true and god bless stormy at evil she was like sales enablement and marketing all by herself she's like doing all of these different jobs but that's what a marketer is essentially it's like enabling sales training sales training marketing 
driving growth by removing inefficiency. So like, again, drive growth with moving inefficiencies. And a lot of that has to do with understanding marketing because it really has to do with creating efficiencies in people's ability to sell job copy or sell themselves, et cetera. Yeah, and you're right. Like my entire career, I've always had a component of stay with your show, 100% of where And I think when you think about growth marketing, for example, it really is that alignment of sales and marketing, right? Because you're taking a broader look and you're saying that there is so many more steps for just acquisition. So I think absolutely then it, there needs to be that alignment. And in staffing and recruitment, we have this unique ability to, again, your sales enablement, you are brand, but you're also recruitment marketing, right? And from an agency perspective, recruitment marketing that isn't, you know, I'm building my employer brand. It's how do I equip my recruiters to do this more efficiently and spend more time building chemistry with people. Because ultimately, we all know that the more you know about somebody, the more you get to know them, the better you can evaluate the fit for clients. So all of this is recruiter experience. Like you said, people experience, recruiters, candidates, and clients alike all benefit from it. While you're delivering quality candidates faster, your recruiters are having a better experience and they're converting and creating revenue for the, the company themselves. And, and from a, they're happier. Exactly, exactly. And from a perspective, you're also building loyalty with tech it's right you are now somebody who they trust and they want to partner with on their because they're looking for flexible work and they trust you to make sure that you got their best interests at heart and you're placing them in jobs that make sense for what they want right at the end of the day retention and redeployment are always like the worst exactly. a great leading indicator of success practically a very poor experience for everybody exactly this conversation was fascinating. So again, let's kind of recap. We have the three pillars of making recruiters think like marketers. Yep. Number one is storytelling. I think it's still in person for that persona-based approach. Number two, two, that recruiter brand, you know it. We've been all talking about it for a very long time. You need to build a brand for yourself. It's becoming so big. Like there's like small consulting agencies popping up all over the country and the world. Absolutely. People had a personal brand on LinkedIn and LinkedIn hacks. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to see because I've been trying to do that for X time of the years now, like three. And you do a great job of it. And I think, like you said, it's fun. So let's add an element of the fun into this recruiter's day and it be successful as well. Yep. And then number three. Data-driven decisions. They need to understand what data exists, what the KPIs mean, and how to tell the story so that they can redirect their strategies in real time. Yeah. And then I think kind of like the, you know, just thinking about it, right? Like those are just very much digital marketing things. You learn how to do day one of taking the free inbound class on HubSpot. Yeah. And admittedly, in my first role, like I said, when I started, I noticed the gap. I knew that there was so much more from a digital marketing perspective they'd be doing. Like just the introduction of an SEO for job postings was one of the first things I when I saw it. And I remember being like, why am I getting so much pushback on these jobs? And I had a leader, so shout out to Sherry Angle. She sat me down and said, Jess, not everybody thinks like you. You've been trained to think like a marketer. You see this completely differently. And it took that moment for me to step outside and be like, oh yeah, right. I've been in this for the amount of years at the time. I've been doing this for so long. 
let's try to transfer those skills that in the way that I see things to folks that I know will benefit from it, ultimately for the experience and everyone else involved. Makes sense. Anything else? This conversation's been so great. Anything else you want to add or, or share on that topic? No, just thanks so much for having me on here. I really appreciate being able to preach this over and over again. Well, we're trying to make the industry better. We're trying to make people make more money, trying to make leaders' jobs easier, recruiters' jobs easier, and, you know, get people to work. So it's, if you think about these things and just slowly start to implement even one of them, you'll have a lot better uh, experience. And like, listen, like the turnover rate, the last time I even looked at it, it was like 21% for recruiters. So if you can enable them, it's going to be better for you in the long run because then you're not, you know, if you're just hiring college kids to have them call and build the database, which is not really important anymore. Really, the, the metric that should be tracked is how often you can engage your database. So like, that's a marketing thing. It's not how many numbers, like I don't care if you have 5 million candidates in your database. It's what percentage of that is actively engaged with your brand, whether that's content or that's actual conversations is probably the metric that I think needs to be tracked. So funny, I don't know if you're that. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. So we were just talking about where implementing automation to help remove that admin advantage so that we can build chemistry with people. Because ultimately, that's what we want our recruiters doing. But what's the metric for them? What's the KPI to see if they're successful? And I definitely joked with Jen, but we have a field in our HDS for nickname. And I said, if we could have, you know, percentage of nickname build out, that tells me we have a relationship with the person. They're not just in the ATS for the sake of being in the ATS. We've connected to a certain degree. I don't know if that's a gray one. Really? I don't know how many people, I, I, like, I like the idea and I like the sentiment. I'm going to comment on the particular nickname one because sometimes people just don't have nicknames unless you're yeah. telling them to fill that out if they think they have a relationship with the person. So like it could work, but from like a pure operational standpoint, it's, it's a- Totally. And still very hard to even measure too, right? But like point in the sentiment is- to yours. Like, I, I don't know. Click that link or open an email is probably a good way to do it. So you do. Sorry, cut off that. But like, you know, how many people you have in your database is great. But how many of those people do you have really great relationships with? Well, again, I'm totally not convinced that having people in your database is a great thing. I have a very successful customer who has 9,000 candidates, but we did a search to see how many they're engaged with. And they only were missing 345. Only 345 out of the 9,000 had not opened something in the last year. Wow, that's so, impressive. And then they got like a 50% open rate. We sent an uh, email out to them and they got a 50% open rate and about a 15% engaging rate on the survey that we included in it. So it was pretty cool stats yeah, overall. But anyway, well, I will uh, we'll let you go. How do people find you, Jess? How do they interact with you? Where's your brand being built, Jess? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I believe it's under Jess Rowan, maybe Jessica Rowan. And then as well, take a look at talentworld.com. Check us the out website there. is stunning, by the way. You did a great job. Thank you. That was a big project last year, but we're very, very proud of it. And we went through an extensive UX study to make sure that it was candidate focused. Did you go through the process of making it look pretty first? Or like, what was the function of it first? What was it trying to do? A hundred percent function first. We UXed it and then they beat the UI on that. and. I think it was about a four-month process, but here we are, and I'm very proud of it. Love it. Every time I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that thing's awesome. And you understand what you're supposed to do on it. Thank you. And like I said, very much candidate first, candidate focus. We never forget about our employers because we love our employers. 
But ultimately, it's getting a candidate right for a job offer. That's what we want. Awesome. Well, Jess, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation.